Hello and welcome to the media outreach of Faith Alive Ministries. For over 30 years, Faith Alive Ministries has continued to answer the call to teach God's people how to live in this world. This charismatic teaching ministry has current bases of operation in both Oklahoma and Arizona. We are honored to share the gospel in the northeastern Oklahoma prison system, as well as in church gatherings and evangelistic outreaches around the country. We believe the message you're about to hear will inspire and encourage you and empower you to live the abundant life God has for you. Join with us now as we receive from the Word of God. We're going to go into something that should be should be familiar to all of us, but one of one scripture that has really jumped out to me recently was Paul says over in Philippians 3, I think Somebody mentioned it earlier during this conference. He says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. He says, to write the same things to you is indeed not grievous to me, but for you it is safe. As a pastor and as a apostle, Paul had absolutely no problem repeating himself to people because sometimes we need to hear it again. Sometimes it, sometimes we need to go back to the basics. And this is a word conference with the on the on the flyers we call this the streams in the desert word conference so it's all about the word of god and so some of you who have been with faith alive ministries know that several years ago dad did a series of teachings called nine things you need to know to live in this world i took the same series of notes and i had started to call it the the terminology that had been that we'd started using around here was nine things you need to know to live abundantly in this world. And then one night when I was at Cushing, I was sharing this and the word that just kept getting repeated over and over. It wasn't in the notes anywhere, but it was it was the word of the night was that these were things you needed to know to live effectively in this world. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to go over all the nine things. Dad's got the notes. He's got the teachings available on that. But there's one that really, I, they're all important. They're all vital. And the number one thing that you have to know is you've got to know Jesus. I, I can look at the people that are here and we all know Jesus. So that's, that's a given. We, the, the other eight don't work if you don't know Jesus. But the one I want to focus on tonight, I, I began to, I shared this at Holdenville one night, and then several months later, even though we were farther along in it, I just felt we've got to go back to this. And so what I want to talk about today, and it's going to lead into what I want to share tonight, is that we need to know the authority and the integrity of the written word of God. The the word tells us, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. If you cannot trust the word on paper, then you have no basis to trust the word made flesh. You have to be able to trust this book. So we need to know the authority and the integrity of the written word of God. We're, we're a spirit-filled bunch. We like to hear from the spirit of God. We like to hear what we would call fresh revelation from God. But God's spirit is never going to speak contrary to his written word. 
everything that you get told by the Spirit of God, if you can't back it up by the written Word of God, then then there's a problem. There was a minister that I was listening to one day, and he said, the Lord began to show me some things. And I said, I said to him, I said, Lord, you're going to have to show this to me in the Word of God. (laughs) And the Lord said, I'm glad you asked. Go here. And he began to lay it out for him, verse by verse, line by line, and show him that what he was being taught was not some new thing. It was in the written word. So what I want to look at today is we need to know the authority and the integrity of the written word of God. Now, over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we have a lot of scripture today because if you're going to talk about the authority and the integrity of the word, the source of the source of knowledge about the word is the word. So, so we we'll, we'll cover a lot of scriptural ground today. Second Timothy three verse sixteen says this: All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Another translation, and this is literal, says that all scripture is God breathed. It is the breath of God. When we talk about the when we talk about the Spirit of God speaking on the wind, that's it's that same word. That's that breath of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is what the word is here for. It's here to tell us how we should believe. It's here to correct us when we go astray. It's here to bring a word of reproof and correction, but it's also given to instruct us. How are we going to live effectively in this world? Back in the 80s, churches like ours were known as word churches. Maybe still are, but we're a word church. We're all about the word of God. If you don't know the written word of God, you will fail in life. The word of God must be your cornerstone, your reference point, and your final authority. Let's go over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. I've got this in my notes, but I'm going to put my eyes on it in the in the Bible as well. Thank you, Jesus. Second Peter chapter one, starting in verse sixteen, he says, "For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty." One famous comedian would often we often punctuate some of his more humorous but truth-based stories by saying, I am not making this up. And this is what, what Peter says to us. It's like, I'm not making this up. I saw this with my own eyes. Here's what I saw. Here's what you can believe. It was an eyewitness report that was trustworthy. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Well, that's talking about Jesus. He's, he is the Word. He is the Word made flesh who dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. That's John chapter 1. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so because we heard this, we have the prophetic word confirmed, 
He says, now you do well to heed that word as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So he's saying that you can trust this word to light your path. The psalmist writes, and we're going to get into that. This is, that's the second part of today's message is looking at some of the things that the word says about itself. But one of the things that is said in there, the psalmist writes, that your word is a light to my feet. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I can see where I'm going because I have the word of God to lead me. And we've talked about that. You're going to see the big picture of your of of the call for your life. The things that you don't have to ask the Spirit of God about. You know, should you be healed? Absolutely. It's in the Word. He sent His Word and healed them. We'll look at that as well. Should you be living in abundance? Should you have an abundance where there is no lack? Absolutely. It's in the written Word. But then you may look and say, okay, what do I do then? How do I, how do I get? from point A to point B. That's where the Spirit of God comes into play, and he's going to begin to speak to you things that you're going to see. You're going to see the basis for them in the written word. You may not see the exact thing. The, the Spirit of God, you know, I didn't open the Bible one day and find out who I was going to marry. I found that out by listening to the Spirit of God. <laughs> I was led by the Spirit, and I thank God for it. God will always be faithful to perform his word. Jeremiah 1 verse 12 says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. I saw it just in passing, and I wish I'd written down the, I wish I'd written down the reference. It's in Psalm 119, because that's where I saw it last, last night. But he said, the, the psalmist writing says, Okay, Lord, it's time to go to work. <laughs> He basically says, Lord, it's time for you to perform your word. We, we know that sometimes we're waiting on God's timing. and God's waiting on us to do what he told us to do. He is ready. He is waiting to perform his word. Ezekiel 12 verse 25 says, For I am the Lord, I speak, and the word which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed. For in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and I will perform it. There's not a long, there's not designed to be a long space between the word being spoken and the manifestation. There's not supposed to be a long space between by Jesus stripes I am healed and I'm healed. I mean, we know that the healing is already paid for. It's already purchased. It's already ours. And he's ready and waiting to perform it. He's just waiting on it. We'll get into this tonight. He's waiting for his words to become our words. That's part two, a little bit of a commercial for tonight. God's words become your words. Psalm 138, verse 2, says, I will worship toward your holy temple. I will praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Now, we've, we've learned some powerful, glorious things about the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. I've been privileged to listen to a number of ministers that have shared 
things about the power of the name of Jesus, how we accomplish the things that we're called to do. But he says he's magnified his word even above his name. So, because of this, I want to take a look, and we're going to go primarily to the book of Psalms today to look at some of the things about the authority and the integrity of the word, some of the things that the word of God tells us specifically about itself, some of the things that the word says, here's what the word is, here's what the word does. Psalm 18. Start in Psalm 18. Okay, I was going to start there, but I'm going to have to back up. That's not my phone buzzing, is it? I don't think so. Tis not. Psalm 18. I was going to start in verse 30. We need to back up a couple verses. Go to verse 28. For you will light my lamp. Well, we found out what our lamp is. The word is our lamp. It is the light to our feet. You will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all those who trust in him. So the word is tried. It is proven. It is trustworthy. Now, if, if I walk up to somebody... And I say, here's a check for a million dollars. And I hand them this check. They don't know me. They don't have, they don't know at all if there's power backing that word. I just gave them a word that they could have a million dollars, but they don't know if there's anything backing that up if they take it to the bank. Now, if Donald Trump walks up to you, and hands you a check for a million dollars, you can pretty much take it to the bank. That that check is going to be good. Well, the word of God is trustworthy. We can take every word in this book at face value. <laughs> it is available for us. Turn over a few pages. Psalm 33. You start off with start off with a powerful instruction to sing and make make a joyful noise unto the Lord, but it also tells us to play skillfully. <laughs> That's verse three. That's not where we're going, but it's important. Too many people take make a joyful noise as an excuse to not practice, to not exercise the gift that God gave them. We've been in some of those services. I think all of us have been in some of those services. But here's what I want to look at. Verse 4. And here's why we can praise the Lord. Number Verse 4. Because for the word of the Lord is right. All his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The word is right. It will never be wrong. It is true. <laughs> 
Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And again, Jesus is the word made flesh. So this, this written word of God, because it leads us to the word made flesh, this is the way. Walk ye in it. <laughs> if, a, if a church, if a person will just get in the written word of God, when the written word of God starts being revealed to you by the spirit of God, when the author himself starts giving you the commentary, <laughs> then, then it really begins to come alive for you. But Psalm 33 verse four simply tells us that the word is right. It is true. Psalm 56. And over a few more pages. Psalm 56, start in verse 3. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Verse 4, in God, I will praise his word. The word of God is praiseworthy. Over in Philippians 4, it tells us what we should think of, think on. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatever things are lovely and of a good report, all those things. Spend your time thinking on the word, <laughs> meditating on the word, thinking on the word of God. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? So the word of God is praiseworthy. It is, it is worthy of our adoration. Not, not as ink on a page. The, it doesn't matter the format. You can have printed words on pages. You can have a tablet. Most of us now are carrying smartphones. You can have version on your phone and have, I've got a dozen translations on my phone, no matter where I go, whether I've got an internet connection or not, that you know, the word of God is accessible in so many different formats. So it's not about the format, but it's about what's in here. It's about the content. I'm not talking about and there are there are churches that will idolize the book. They'll they, there's a Bible on the pulpit, and it may never get read. The pages may not have turned since 1956. But if somebody wants to move that Bible to set something else there, the air will rush out of the room. But. We can trust and we can praise this word. Go over to, I have to flip more than a few pages for this one. Go over to Psalm 89. Psalm 89. And here we'll see what God says about his word. We, we saw what, what others said to God about his word. But here in Psalm 89, verse 34, he says, My covenant, that's my word, I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. So the word of God never changes. The book of Hebrews tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
in the Old Testament, the Lord speaking to a prophet says, I am the Lord, I change not. So the word is established. We'll see that. I think that's another verse that, I've, that I'll get to maybe. But it's an, it is an established word. It is set. It doesn't change. What it said 50 years ago, what it said 100 years ago, what it said 2,000 years ago. This is why when, when people start talking about moral things, I, I'm, not, I'm not one to get into any of that today, but they start wanting to be accepting of things that the Word of God tells us are sin, that the Word of God says, don't do these things. I just have to look at people and say, well, when God changes his mind, I'll change mine. But he said that he doesn't change. His word doesn't change. And this word tells me that those things are not, I'm not supposed to do them. And his grace is teaching me to be holy because I've got his grace. I'm not doing those things. All right. Now. One more before we get into Psalm 119, which I could, I, you could go for just months on Psalm 119. Dead went for months on Psalm 103, and it's way shorter. But, but Psalm 107, especially with some of the things that have been happening in people's bodies around here over the last several days. This one is important. Psalm 107, verse 20. Actually, let's back up verse 19. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He sent his word. The word of God brings our healing. You were probably sitting right in the camera stream anyway. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, I, I was reading through this last night. I was reading through this last night as I was, because I had, I had a lot of these notes written down, but they were just kind of pieced together. And I'm like, I want to sit down and actually type this out. I started reading Psalm 119 and you just don't know where to stop because it is all about the word. You've got all these different words that refer to the word. Starts out in verse one, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? It is the word of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. What are the testimonies of the Lord? They are his word. Who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us. What are the commandments? <laughs> They're the word of God. To keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. Now in the New Testament, we know he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And he is in us. I can't go anywhere without him. The old 
the old American Express commercial said, don't leave home without it. Well, you can't leave home without God. We are at home in God. I'm not going to sit here and read through the whole, the whole psalm, but I do want to hit some of the highlights, so to speak, of it. Go over to verse 80. So it'll be over a page, maybe two, depending on the size of the print of your Bible. Verse 80 of Psalm 119. Let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes, that I may not be ashamed. My soul faints, verse 81, for your salvation, but I hope in your word. So when we think we're without hope, our hope is in the word of God. The enemy tries to deceive us and say, you're sick. You can't be healed. You, you have lack. I said, my hope is in the word. My trust is in the word. And the word of God told me that he is able to supply my every need according to his riches and glory, that he gives me all sufficiency in all things, that I have having all sufficiency in all things, I can abound to every good work. His word tells me that by his stripes I am healed. His word tell, tells me that he took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. So because of that, I can hope in this word. My hope is in the word of God. Yeah, there's the one I was looking for. I'm, I referenced this earlier and I knew we were going to get there sometime. Verse, gosh, I can't start at 87. <laughs> we're just going to jump into it. 87. He's talking about his enemies. They almost made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precepts. Even when the going got tough, even when, well, we we could look at it, we won't, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the king says, throw, we're going to throw you in the furnace if you don't bow. He sa- they say, we're still not going to bow. Our Lord is able to deliver us. Even if you change your mind and don't throw us into the furnace, we're still not going to bow. <laughs> because they trusted in the word of the Lord. I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. This is the verse I was looking at, I was talking about earlier, 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It is established. Because his word is established, if we're, if we're trusting in him, we're steadfast. We're established. I've seen men and women of God that have come under just what we would consider mighty attacks of the enemy, but because they had their their trust and their hope in the word of God, they didn't fall. They didn't fail. I've seen others that come under attack, and because they weren't established on the word of God, they fall. And I'm not saying I'm any better than those who have fallen. But my heart is established on the word of God and his word is settled. His word is my cornerstone and my final authority. Your faithfulness, verse 90, endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances. He says, so even the very heavens, all of this is doing what it's doing because you told it to do it. God is the one who told our son to 
have the orbit that it has, and our planet to have the orbit that it has around the sun, and our moon to have the orbit that it has around us. All of that was established because God said, here's what I want. They continue this day according to your ordinance, for all are your servants. Verse 140, he says, your word is pure, therefore your servant loves it. The word is pure. When something is pure, it has no, it has no error. It has no flaw in it. On this earth, it is nearly impossible. Matter of fact, I would say impossible to find things that are 100% pure. Other than the word of God. <laughs> Ivory soap is famous for being 99.44% pure. That means there's still 0.56 of something that's impure. And that's supposed to be the best there is, which means the rest of the soaps are 98, 97. Who knows how much, but 5.6% pure. <laughs> that's a lot of impurity, but the Lord's word is pure. Now, I hit, I hit one string yesterday that I was like, I, I can't stop. I'm going to have to just share that whole thing. So, <laughs> got to back up further than I was planning. Verse 158, Psalm 19, verse 150. <laughs> you keep backing up. Um, let's go to 158. Back up and read the rest. Put it in context because it's all good. But 158. I see the treacherous and I am disgusted because they do not keep your word. He says, I just can't stand it when I see people not keeping the word of God. Because I know if they'll keep the word of God, they could, they could have, they could have what I have. They could have this relationship that I have with you, but they won't keep your word. It's, it's, it's disgusting to me because I know you've got so much better for them as well as for me. I, we don't know for sure. I don't think, I don't think Psalm 119 gives us a, gives us a, uh, a who wrote this. At least it doesn't in my Bible, but you know, when you start reading through the Psalms, you realize that David, even though he was an Old Testament, he was an Old Testament saint, he started having some New Testament revelations because he started realizing what happens when we get in step with God. Like I said, we'll talk, we'll, we'll right, I shall not want. He starts talking about, uh, yeah, and we'll see this tonight. He, start, he starts realizing what happens when now I've learned to trust the word. Now his word becomes my word. But let's 158 said, I, I see the treacherous. I'm disgusted because they do not keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The entirety of your word is truth. Every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. I heard one time, this has been many years ago, and I don't I don't remember the, the person's name, but he was a so-called minister. He said, he said, yes, the word of God, the Bi 
no, he didn't call it the word of God. He says, yes, the Bible is important. It's a good book. But like other ancient books, it contains both truth and error. I'm like, you're not a minister of the gospel. <laughs> you, if you, <laughs> the word says, <laughs> you, you have to trust what the word says about itself. That's why we have to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How are we going to find out about him? We're going to find out about him through his word. The entirety, we're 160, the entirety of your word is truth. Every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Verse 161 says, Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. Now, I've had this happen, and I, I, I think every one of us as believers, when we've been spending time in the Word, when we've been studying the Word, will you'll hit something. I remember Earl Roberts talking about, you know, and he'd read the Bible several times, but then Third John 2 just jumped off the page, and it's like, you're thunderstruck. You're you're in awe of, wow, where did that come from? My heart stands in awe of the word of God. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasures. I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. He loves, <laughs> he loves the word of God. Verse 166 says, Lord, I hope for your salvation. I do your commandments. Jesus said it. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. What are you, where are you going to find out the commandments of God? How are you going to find out what you're supposed to do? You've got to crack open the book. If, if your Bible... I, I heard one minister say this, and I, it, it made a lot of sense to me, because yes, again, we do, we do expect the Spirit of God to speak to us, but one of the main ways he does that is Jesus says he will take of mine and show it to you. So it's the Holy Spirit revealing the word to us. But one, one minister put it this way. What? What was that? Thank you. They are spirit and they, right. The word is life. The rest is details. <laughs> one minister said it this way. If we are complaining, complaining that the Lord doesn't speak to you when you haven't opened your Bible is like complaining that you're not getting text messages when your phone is off. You can't, I mean, yes, you're going to hear from the Spirit of God. But what happens to me a lot of times is a verse comes to my mind. It's like, that's what I need. That's the situation I need. That's the answer right there. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Well, what? Have you turned it on? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why isn't this working? Because there's no power. Why do I have no power in my life? Have you 
Have you opened the book? Have you opened it up recently? And I, I, I don't want to get into a, a legalistic thing. Oh, you need to, you need to, you know, Rick talked about some of that last night. Some of the formulas we get into, Oh, you need to pray for an hour and a half a day. You need to read 20 chapters. You know, I'm all for reading the Bible. If if you're going to read something, read the word. But it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a long a long stretch. I'll tell this and close. Dad's heard it multiple times. Dad was there the day it happened. I was sitting in a service. This would have been 4 maybe 5 years ago at the Believers Convention and we're sitting up there in our in our section. Melanie and Kristen and I tend to sit up in the in the nosebleeds and spread out and we're just, you know, in enjoying our enjoying the word of God. And the fact is, sadly, I couldn't tell you what Kenneth was preaching on that day. I don't remember, but I know what I know what scripture he was in. Because he he was reading down through Matthew chapter 13. And he stopped at the end of verse 15. I read the next verse and verse 16, Matthew 13, verse 16. This is, this is, we'll go more into this tonight in God's words becoming your words. But verse 16 of Matthew chapter 13 said, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. And I know Jesus is talking about spiritual eyesight and spiritual ears. He's talking about he that has ears to hear, let him hear. He wasn't talking about these he was talking about our our heart being open to receive from the word of god but that verse became the verse that i have i have stood on i put it in conjunction with himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses but blessed are my eyes for they see blessed are my ears for they hear that verse that verse went to if you, if you want to use the greek terms it went from being a logos to being a rhema it was the written word of god but that day it was spoken to me and it was like it just leaped off the page and hit me right there and because of that his words have become my words whenever whenever the enemy comes against me because there's things that I don't do because of these I said, but none of that, none of this moves me, Paul said, because blessed are my eyes for they see and my ears for they hear. I'm out of time. (laughs) That concludes our message. This message is copyrighted by Faith Alive Ministries and may not be reproduced for commercial or resale purposes. Duplication by individuals for the purpose of sharing the gospel is permitted. However, this copyright notice must accompany all copies made. For additional information and teaching resources, please write to Faith Alive Ministries, P.O. Box 321, Prior, Oklahoma, 74362. Or you may visit our website at www.faithalivefellowship.net. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.